0: Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome, everyone. Hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, Episode 2. I just want to thank you for tuning in with me from wherever in the world you may be listening from. I know we have some listeners from New Jersey and Missouri uh, right here with me in Florida, Massachusetts, and several other great states as God uses this wonderful technology medium to get his messages out. As always, I promise you another great show today. Uh, More than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord wherever you're at, whether you're taking a walk, uh, driving your car, sitting at home, working out, or just taking a break at work. He's right there with you, and so let's get ready to invite him in with us and allow him to speak through me and into your hearts and minds. So let's dive right into the heart of today's topic, shall we? Today we're going to discuss a very raw but vital question Are you saved or simply fooling yourself? What's God and his word have to say about it? And what are some steps that you can take and walk away with so that you're more enlightened and equipped in this specific area than before perhaps you've tuned in today? Perhaps it'll take uh, and hit home with some of you as it did me when I was shaken awake and realized I had been simply fooling myself. It couldn't have been a mistake that cost an eternity in hell, but thankfully God called me back to Him. He saved me and gave me another chance through His mercy, His love and grace to do life with Him, for Him, and truly become saved. I want to first give a shout out and a big thank you to all my new listeners and those that provided some really encouraging and useful feedback from my last episode, which was my first. So if you haven't heard it, uh, you don't have to go too far back to find it. I'd I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions and welcome all to connect with me. Uh, I can be reached at uh, wwwshaken awake dot com forward slash contact again that's www.shaken-awake dot com forward slash contact and uh, let me know what you think so I promise we'll be bringing up some really raw and straight to the point topics on the show you know the kind that really matter this podcast was not created for me but for God first and foremost as another avenue for him to get his word out to those he wanted it reached. There's too often mixed messages in the church today, mixed feelings of worthlessness and of being a failure, being less than and undeserving of salvation, and then also the opposite of that, feelings of everyone is good, everyone that good goes to heaven, and all you have to do is believe, and it's love, 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 right? False Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. Saved people go to heaven and unsaved people go to hell. Let me repeat that again. Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. Saved people go to heaven and unsaved people go to hell. Unfortunately and sadly, there's many false believers who will be expecting to go to heaven and will be denied entrance. I'm raising my hand. That was me. So the best way to avoid being one of those is to make sure you have truly put your trust in Christ alone for salvation and then live like it. I had always used John 3.16 that most of you will recognize as, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And I use that for the basis of my faith and Christianity and believed it gave me the official label of being saved later in light of uh, life I've discovered through him that believing in him also requires that you put your true faith trust and love towards him always not just brushing your hands off and calling yourself quote- unquote safe so to complement the truth, Of John 3.16, how many of you have ever recalled hearing equally John 3.36? I hadn't. Here's John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him shows a bit more of a detailed definition of John 3:16 from believing in him to how you show your belief in and love for him, no? Many people follow false teachings from the Bible given by false preachers or like me they just refuse to obey instructions from God and kind of follow their own minds. They allow feelings Uh, Influences in their friends and family circle. What they read about in the magazines and online. What society and social influencers tout. Even the likes of the many influencers of today's time. Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Phil, right? Jocko Willink, Tim Ferriss, the list goes on. And they count on them to dictate how they should live their life or model their life around. I'm not saying these names and the others... Give bad advice or don't give great advice. They do. But how do they compare when it comes to the Word of God in your life? Who do you consciously put your all into the words and wisdom from? The words from man and and the world? Or the word from God? It's a legitimate question. There were literal, literally. Years and years when I was listening to podcast after podcast, book after book, digging, digging into as much as I could get into the most out of life. If you've ever heard of uh, Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, you know the type of life hacks I was into. How could I do what I needed to do to net the most out of life? And what it had to offer me and the best and quickest route to get there with the greatest return on investment for my time, my energy, and resources. For what? For wealth? For sense of accomplishment? For that trophy on the wall? Or that fat commission check? Or that new client? Or retirement early? It wasn't until God held his mirror in front of my face and showed me my life Did I realize that I had fallen victim of and now why I fully understand that infamous but true saying the way to hell is often paved with the greatest of intentions. The way to hell is often paved with the greatest of intentions. So who was I living for? Myself. What was I aiming for? My success. What was I spending my time on? Me. Me. Well, what did I love? Family, money, myself, my gifts and talents. What did I truly value? Health, money, family, happiness. And how much confidence did I have in myself to accomplish most anything in life? 100%. That's how much confidence I had. How much time per day was I devoting to Christ? Zero. How much of my time was in God's word? Zero. How much of my time was spent on following the direction and even asking God for direction in my life? Zero. How much time was I spent spending on loving him or just even obeying him? Zero. How much did I consciously depend on God for really anything in my life? Zero. How many days did I choose to obey his commandments? Zero. And how many days did I obey what Jesus said were the two most important commandments to follow to enter the kingdom? Love the Lord with all you have and love your neighbors as yourself. How many days did I obey that? Zero. So how do you place yourself in those categories? I was throwing on the Christian name tag and thinking just going to church occasionally meant I'd be granted admission somehow into heaven. There are some of you right now that aren't even attending church. Why? There's some of you right now that haven't cracked open your Bible, if you know where it is, in years, perhaps decades. Those same people, myself included, for most of my entire life, Are the same people still having promiscuous sex out of marriage, still going out partying, clubbing, boozing it up, having mouths like sailors or in my case, like army infantrymen, still living life for self, self self-absorbing, self-gratification, self-serving, self-contentment, money, right? Life's money, luxuries, living your best life, right? They're just Sunday Christians, but don't care about Christ And I'll repeat that. There are Sunday Christians that don't care about Christ. I was one of them for over three decades and didn't have the faintest idea that it was even happening. I'll never forget when one of my pastors made a a comment. And it hit me like a million pounds of bricks. And one that will forever give me chills. And the hardcore realization, I fell into this exact same category for most of my life. Here's what Pastor Norm said. If you only praise and worship God on Sundays, he's not your God. He's your Sunday idol. I don't know if prior to April of 2019, I would have even understood or believed that billion dollar truth and statement probably would have found another church out of just sheer disbelief and or or pride couple more quotes that, that get my attention going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to the garage makes you a car right don't let your lips and your lives preach two different messages it's a good one your most powerful testimony is how you treat others after the church service is over And what a heartbreak it would be to live in almost Christian life, then almost get into heaven. My final quote, and it's from the the late and great Charles Spurgeon, preacher of preachers. If you profess to be a Christian, yet find full satisfaction in worldly pleasures and pursuits, your profession is false. Am I saying that a Christian is perfect? Absolutely not. And there can never even be one that is. Can a Christian backslide? Yes. But there will be growth and maturity in a true believer's life because it's God working in them. They won't just remain in darkness if they are the Lord's sheep because God will discipline them. And also his sheep hear his voice, as the Bible states. When you've repented and put your faith in Christ, that will lead to a change of life. Follow God and educate yourself with his word. Many people follow, uh, again, false teachings from the Bible given by false preachers, or they just refuse to obey instructions from God and follow their own minds. Again, that was me for decades. Don't let that be you. One of the two greatest deceptions and lies the enemy Satan uses is that he doesn't exist and that you can do anything on your own and you don't need God. If you have both beliefs and you live how you believe, then you've fallen into his almost perfect deception. He has you right where he wants you. Life feels good. Then you find out when it's too late to change your mind, heart, spirit, or life. I guarantee you that 100% of every single soul in hell right now would trade anything just to have one more minute on earth so that they could have made that right decision. It's too late. They now have eternity in pure torment with zero hope of ever coming out. Was it worth it? You know, let's, we're going to see what the word says that backs these facts up. The Bible, by the way, it should be your only fact checker. Remembering again the words of the great Charles Spurgeon discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. Most of us know that. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. As I realized two years ago, I had never read the Bible more than what was given to me in, in church growing up or to memorize a few verses here and there for Sunday school. I quickly was convicted to begin reading what God wrote for me. I was also told by my pastor, Pastor Norm, on many occasions while he preached, I can still hear him saying this to us all. If you'd give God one year of your life, I promise you, your entire life will never be the same after that. So that, along with my vision God gave me, I mentioned on the uh, the last episode that everything life is a choice. And up until that point, I chose not to read my Bible. What excuse would I give when it was too late? I wouldn't have one. I want to quickly tell you how bad it is right now, just to broaden your mind on the reality of where the church stands today. And some of us listening right now fall into one or more of these categories, so I'm strongly urging you to let this speak to you today. Of over 2 billion Christians in the world, less than 30% will ever read through the entire Bible. The fact is, over 82% of Christian Americans only read their Bibles on Sunday while in church. Literal, literal over 20 years ago, Gallup, uh, the Gallup poll, they released the results of a uh, a major study indicating that 86% of Americans claim to be Christian, although only 70% of these re- admitted to being born again, according to uh, mi- uh, biblical measure. In recent studies, you know, fast forward to today, the Pew Research indicates only 25% of Americans now attend church at any given Sunday, significantly down from 47% just in 1990. Study also shows that in evangelical churches throughout the United States, the statistics show 36% of those who attend church weekly indicate that believing in Jesus Christ is the only true way to heaven, 36%. A shocking 57% of American Christians believe other religions can lead them to eternal life. Many, uh, one of the main reasons why American Christians don't read their Bible is only 22% of them believe the Bible is fully inspired by God himself and written by men who were divinely appointed by the Lord Almighty. Over one in four American Christians believe the Bible to be a book written by mere men. Not at all the word of God. One in four. That's not people. That's American Christians. Does this not completely blow your mind? It did me. It still does this very moment. Here's one of the first verses that shook me awake. Literally shook me to my core. I could feel it. I could feel it talking to me. That's another reason the Bible is referred to the living Word of God. It's not just a book, it's the living, breathing Word of God. And it comes from Revelation chapter 3, 15 to 16. This is from Jesus. I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either hot or cold? So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's pretty powerful couple other things he said in Matthew fifteen eight. these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me that was me James 1 verse 26 if a person thinks that he's religious but can't control his tongue he's fooling himself that person's religion is worthless also from Jesus Titus Chapter 1, verse 16, they claim to know God, but they deny him by what they do. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit to do anything good. So fake Christians sin on purpose, saying, I'll just repent later. That was me for decades. I'll just repent later. And they disobey God's teaching. Even though we were all sinners, Christians don't sin willfully and deliberately. 1 John 2, 4 says from Jesus, Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. 1 John 3, 6, really powerful. Those who live in Christ don't go on sinning. Those who go on sinning haven't seen or known Christ. But wait a minute, that conflicts with John three sixteen, right? Because if you loved and believed in him, but you haven't, there's no way you could have done that if you haven't seen him. So 1 John chapter 3, going a little bit further into into verses 8 and 10. The person who practices sin belongs to the evil one because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason that the son of God was revealed was to destroy what the devil had been doing. No one who has been born from God practices sin because God's seed abides in him. Indeed, he cannot go on sinning because he's been born from God. This is how God's children and the devil's children are distinguished. No person who fails to practice righteousness and to love his brother is from God. Jesus said that. John 14, verses 23 and 24, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them to make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So, right there, that's explicit instructions uh, from God, and any of us are hypocrites. Even though the Bible says we're to lovingly, kindly, and gently go to our brothers and sisters alone to correct them of their sins. How can you do that, but you're doing the same thing as them, just as much or even more than them? Don't get mad at other people because they sin differently than you. So I think Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 to 5 said it best. Why do you see the speck that's in your own brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll clearly see well enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So, you know, there there's false converts that will be denied heaven. And and again, that was me for many, many decades. They'll, they will not enter heaven. So let's hear uh, right from Jesus. Matthew chapter seven, 21 and 23. Remember last episode, I said, it's been there in front of our noses for over 2000 years. But if we're not reading it, we don't see it. Negligence of what was spoken by God is not going to be an excuse. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, look it up. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? and do mighty mighty works in your name and then I'll declare to them I never knew you depart from me you workers of lawlessness and to the outer darkness they'll go into hell and they're the ones that cast demons in their name and do mighty works for them how many are, of us are even doing that 1 Corinthians chapter 6 I want you to hear this um Again, this is podcast isn't called Shaken Awake for for nothing. Uh, it's exactly what's happened as I dwell more on God and, and his word. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So I'm going to go further into this verse. Well, if the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is Jesus saying, I want to know who who they are. So who does they say they are? He says, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunks, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. My gosh, that's a lot of us. So, as a reminder, coming to you straight from 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4 for the time's coming, and I think we're in it. I was. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they'll have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves, teachers to suit their own passions. I was doing that, I was going to worldly teachers. Social influencers and to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So Let's talk about some things the Word shares with us about actually living a Christian life. Uh, we find we found out, and there's many, many more verses and detailed instructions on what to do and what not to do, uh, right, right from God. But uh, some more of how to live a Christian life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by... Testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and and perfect. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 10, put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity. Passion, evil desire, and greed, envy, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have been put off the old self with its practices. So, there's a lot of things that we can do to help us to be true Christians uh, such as Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me So whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ, as Colossians chapter 3, 23 to 24 uh, so eloquently uh, speaks. So before we end today's show, I I just want to thank you all again for tuning in and I hope you were touched by God through part of today's message anyway and, and some of the scripture. If you could do me a huge favor, I'll never ask for donations or gifts or anything, but the best way to say thank you, only if you got value out of today's show. Would you go right now to uh, whichever podcast app you're listening through today and just give me a quick star rating. And if you want to go that extra mile for Christ, not me, uh, put a quick review in. It takes 20 seconds. Here's what it will do. Forget me and any possibility of an ego or need to get ratings I I literally don't care what these star ratings and reviews do is catch the attention of others that are searching for a good Christian podcast to listen to and many rely on the number of reviews and of course the reviews themselves to help them determine whether or not it's worth it to take a listen so I'd love that help and support from you guys which will allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to reach even more lives through this podcast so next week, uh, tune in next Sunday evening or whenever you're able as we dive into a never dying million dollar mystery and question why are we here what's our purpose well we'll find out exactly why we're here why we were born on purpose for a purpose and we'll hear from God about exactly what that purpose is here's a hint It's not about all having fun on earth, living your best life, or a great retirement. You don't want to miss it. Until next week, take great care of yourself and each other, and God bless you all.